0: Hi there. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm Karen. I am happy you joined me today for this podcast titled Precision. That's the name of the episode. Precision. Pretty simple. But I would love it if you would share this podcast with someone. Maybe it's someone you like. Maybe it's someone you don't like. <laughs> Maybe they need it. Maybe you just want them to have it. Share it. I would really appreciate it. Also, you can download, comment, uh, very much appreciated. Give me a thumbs up. All of those things would be greatly appreciated. If you would like additional information about this podcast or about scheduling me to speak at your next event, hop on over to womaninspired.com. All the details are there, including links to social media and a contact page so you can email me. All right. Today I'm gonna start out with a pod quote from Erin Armstrong. Because God is precise we know that there will be an end to sin, to death, to suffering, that one day there will be a new heaven and a new earth, where none of these things will exist. Because God is precise. We have hope. And we serve a precise God. Because if he has, if he was anything other than precise, he would be no God at all. If he were anything other than precise, he would be no God at all. I love that. All right. So I have to chuckle sometimes when I hear people go on and on about how they don't believe or think that God is a God who cares about details, that he's not a personal God. Have you ever had that thought? Any of those thoughts? If so, I'm not, I'm not making fun of you. No worries. I'm not mocking you. I laugh kind of a, a joyful laughter because I know what I know. I know the truth that he actually does care about the details, that he is a precise God. God cares about the little and the big things of everyday life and every single person. So my laughter comes seriously from the joy in knowing the reality of how God operates, of of who God is. Okay, so do I know how he's always going to do things or why? No, definitely not. (laughs) Not at all. But the way he handles us is intricately detailed, not just in the Bible and in in people in the past, but today in in real life every single day. So when I hear someone say that their small stuff um, and their things in their life and their requests that they might have for God are no big deal, so that's why they never ask anyone to pray for them, or they say they don't want to bother God with this thing or that thing because he has so much more on his plate. I think they surely can't know that he's a God of detail and a God of precision. And he's a really big God. They think that their stuff isn't important. And I have to laugh a little because, and and then I do get sad though, because God's care and love for us shows in the way he operates. It's so precise and so detailed and purposeful. That's the kind of care and love he has for us. Have you ever heard that saying, the devil is in the details? I hear it frequently, too frequently. (laughs) What it actually means or supposed to mean is that something may seem kind of simple, but in fact, the details are complicated. And it's in those details that if you don't take care of them, where the devil will show up. It's the most likely place for a problem to occur. So since the devil is a problem maker, I guess that makes sense, right? But what you should know is that God is in the business of details. He's in the business of personal, one-on-one, precise problem solving. He's in the business of planning, caretaking, and restoration. There's no one more detail-oriented than God. The devil may try to find an opening and hop into those details, but God is the details. He's the detail maker. I am also a very detail oriented person. And even though I do this podcast and I'm, I'm working ever so super, super slowly (laughs) to get my feet into more social media as a tool to reach other people uh, about this podcast and about ministry, about Jesus. The fact is I'm just not a high tech person. (laughs) That being said, I still work to utilize the technology that allows me to, to type, rather than handwrite everything out that it allows me to record a podcast and edit the sound and load it to the podcast platform. On the other hand, my husband is not a detail oriented person, (laughs) unless it has to do with building something. He says he's horrible at math. And yet he can use a tape measure, figure out lengths, divide things and make sure he's precise on on what he's doing while working with wood and construction. (laughs) So technology, however, Totally different story with him. He is not precise and detail-oriented with any of it. He doesn't update his phone apps or the software in his phone. He doesn't work on a computer very much. He hates to type out anything, even on a phone. And recently, when he was doing some paperwork, (laughs) he wanted to literally get some scissors (laughs) and cut and tape something together on a paper and then make a copy of it. Instead of changing around in Word what he needed to change around and create a text box. I'm not making fun of him. I just think it's funny. <laughs> I, I showed him how to do it a different way so it would look better and be easier. And he managed. Maybe it wasn't easier for him, but it was in, in the long run easier than cutting things together and taping them and it looked much better he'd be happy if he never had to use a computer again I have to say and there are days I feel the same way I I confess for sure so I get it but the other day I I had to go pick up our taxes from the accountant I went in and I thank God for their precision and detail-oriented uh attitude and and precision and things right Uh, they're doing my taxes after all um so I signed up um on this um, little thing where I could just go in and when they're done with the taxes, I could sign off on the paperwork. And so I did that. And then the woman said, "Uh, so do you want me to send your husband these electronically so he can sign them? (laughs) And I I just looked at her and I asked, how difficult is it? (laughs) She said, Oh, it's no big deal. I said, Okay, but but what does the exact process look like? what do you send him and how does he have to respond? Break it down for me, please. And she said, Oh, it's super simple. He'll get a text. And he replies to the text agreeing to receive the papers electronically. Then once he agrees, he'll get another text with a code in it. Then he goes back to the first text, clicks on the link, enters the code and his email address. Then he'll be sent an email with a link in it. He clicks the link, enters the code again, and then it comes with a a link in there that goes to the paperwork. He clicks the paperwork, signs it, and he'll have to do that with his phone so he can use his finger to sign it. And then he pushes enter. That's it. It's all done. Super simple. Will that be okay? And I just looked at her and I said, <clears throat> let me answer that by telling you that just last week, my husband and I went to the office supply store so he could buy whiteout. And the whole office busted out laughing. And she said, "Um, we're open till 7 p.m. every day this week. (laughs) So, So my husband went in and signed the paperwork. You know, this is the man who almost never checks his voice to text messages before he sends them. I never know what he's going to say via text. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes I have to send a message all in caps that says, what the heck did that mean? <laughs> now, w- while my husband is not super precise in some things, especially if it's anything dealing with technology, he is in other ways. Like I said before, building things with his own two hands, um, he- In caring for his kids, his family or animals, things that he's really into that he loves. He's very precise. He takes great care in it. You all know the Bible says we were made in God's image, right? If we just take that one small truth, that one biblical principle to heart, why would we ever think then that the father who created us, who cares so much for us, would actually care so little for us that he wouldn't be a hands-on God, that he wouldn't be a hands-on father? that he would not be here for his children like most human fathers want to be for theirs. Okay, so no, not every dad around makes the grade a lot fail, but that's not because of God. They were still made in his image, and every one of us has the potential to be more and more like the Lord as we grow. So that's not on God, that's on them. But but just that one principle, that we're made in his image, it should propel us to see that our prayers and our concerns, our feelings and our conditions do matter to him. And yet so often, it's really sad. I hear people say that they think they're too small, and he's too big, that we're so minuscule in our existence, that our existence surely can't mean much to a father who has so much to see, and so much to take care of. I mean, just look at the world around us. There's a lot going on, right? I mean, there really is. But here's the thing. I said at the beginning of this podcast, that God is a God of precision. He's a God who cares about details. Precision, okay, hang with me. Precision is defined as the quality or state of exactness, of detail and accuracy. I know that God is God of precision and detail. And I know this how? Well, partly from the Bible and partly from life experience. So take, for instance, Noah. Have you ever read the actual scriptures from the Bible concerning Noah? Genesis 6:11 through 22 says, "Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put it end to all the people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth." Okay, so now take note here in verses 14 through 22. And tell me if God is not a God of precision and detail. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you're to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it. "'Leaving below the roof and opening one cubit high all around. "'Put a door in the side of the ark "'and make lower, middle, and upper decks. "'I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth "'to destroy all life under the heavens, "'every creature that has the breath of life in it. "'Everything on earth will perish, "'but I will establish my covenant with you, "'and you will enter the ark, "'you and your sons and your wife "'and your sons' wives with you. "'You are to bring into the ark two of every living creatures, male and female, "'to keep them alive with you.' Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, of every kind of creature that moves along the ground, will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. You can't get more precise than the number of cubics, cubits, and the amount of food, and exactly what you're supposed to do to make this ark. These are exact measurements in details. Now look at Exodus, where the Lord tells Moses this. The Lord said, Moses, tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. These are the offerings you are to receive from them. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins, dyed red, and another type of durable leather. Acai, wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the on the ephod and breastplate piece, excuse me, and the breast piece. And further on, he tells Moses, have them make an ark, two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide and a cubit and a half high overlay it with pure gold both inside and out and make a gold molding around it cast four gold rings for it and fasten them to its four feet with two rings on one side and two rings on the other then make poles of wood and overlay them with gold insert the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry it the poles are to remain in the rings of this ark they are not to be removed then put in the ark the tablets of the covenant law which i will give you And, of course, as far as precision, detail, and accuracy, let us not forget that he then gave the Ten Commandments to Moses for a purpose and a reason. It was precise. It wasn't five or three or nine, but ten commandments. Now, which one would you leave out? He left nothing out that he didn't want left out. God wanted us to know. Now, think about this from Genesis. The Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Are you seeing what I see? Do you see how God is a hands-on personal God who is precise in what he says and does? Now think for a moment what that means for you and I as individuals and as part of the body of Christ. If ever you doubt, think of all the accounts we read in the Bible that God took the time to show up for an individual. Think of all these accounts. He He took time to send them a message, to speak to them face to face or through other means, to give them a word or send them an angel. An angel and the Lord himself appeared to Abraham. An angel of the Lord appeared to Moses, and God spoke directly to Moses through a burning bush. Angels also met Saul on the road. Uh, He was an executioner. He was executing uh, Christians. He had, had a major encounter with an angel changing his life and changed his name to Paul, and he wrote much of the New Testament. Lot saw two angels, himself, at the city gates. Joseph was approached by an angel of God to let him know that he shouldn't be afraid to wed Mary, who was pregnant with Jesus. God didn't just send angels to 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 men either. He didn't just send angels to men. He sent an angel to Sarah, Abraham's wife. To Lot's wives and daughters, to Manoah's wife, to the mother uh, uh, of Jesus, Mary, to Mary Magdalene, who encountered two angels after Jesus's death, and and that's not all. And when we think about great encounters with God, let us not forget about the Book of Revelation. You think I couldn't say that word, Revelation? I can say it. I may say it slowly today, but. Revelation. Let's think about the book of Revelation. John, he had a very intense encounter in a vision and the Lord was there and he spoke to him. So he described in great detail in the book of Revelation, a book that is filled with precision and detail that's astounding. Not only was it a commentary on the churches of that time, but a warning to us today and in the days to come. very detailed warning to us. The precision of God is never more apparent in my opinion than when something is prophesied and it comes true. Not sure about Revelation? Maybe you're afraid to read it. Some people are because they've heard scary things about it. Well, let me tell you that it's a beautiful book to read. It's the only book in the Bible that says you will be blessed for reading it. And if you're wondering how accurate it is, I encourage you to study it. So see, the things that were foretold there were precise and exact. Many have already happened, and there's much that has yet to happen that has been foretold. And let me tell you what, the precision in it is astounding. So I say all this to share with you again, that God is a God of exactness, of precision and purpose in what he does. Maybe there are times you don't feel it. You don't feel like you see him showing up that that maybe you feel as if he's abandoned you or you don't see him in your life. But I encourage you to hold on, hold on to faith and realize that God's character and his pattern of behavior, the way he deals with his children, it's real. It's all still there and he's still here for us. You know, in my own life, I look back or I think back on different events and occasions and I can't help but be overwhelmed at how he has shown up for me, how he's protected me and guided me, even when I know I didn't deserve it, and at times when I didn't even know I needed him to show up for me. I remember, um, though this is a small example, it's a very real one that sticks with me. One time I was driving to an event and I was running late. I was only about 10 minutes late, but it was driving me crazy that I would show up late. So I was speeding a little <laughs> and I don't actually speed often. To me, 5 to 10 miles no, miles per hour over is speeding. And I know to some that's just normal driving, but I was doing about 10 miles per hour over the speed limit and I kept hearing slow down in my head. I mean, I literally kept hearing slow down and I thought it was just my OCD kind of pet peeve I have about speeding that was getting in the way so I kept going. (laughs) I also decided to bypass the route that I was going to take and go down a back road to avoid traffic because the interstate was kind of heavy with traffic so I kept trying to get over to an off-ramp so I could do that but nobody would let me in. I tried for almost a mile before the ramp was there and no one would let me get over. I mean You know, I honked my horn nicely, I waved, I turned on my turn signal, nothing. So traffic was slow and there was a logging truck in the right lane. I was in the left lane. I kept trying to get over behind the logging truck so I could get off at that next off ramp and take the back road. No one would let me. And I started to get really grumpy about it. Just then the person next to me slowed down and he waved me over. So when he did my car suddenly slowed down. Literally, I put my foot on the gas to speed up and move over, but it wouldn't speed up. And weirdly enough, I was listening to the radio and this oldie but goodie song came on and it starts with the lyrics, slow down, you move too fast. Yeah, that's a Paul Simon song called the 59th Street Bridge. Just as that song came on is when my car slowed down the car behind me honked and the one beside me, (laughs) he honked and then sped up. I guess he was aggravated that I didn't move over uh, when he was being so nice and kind about it. But literally within 20 seconds, the ramp was there to the right and I was, I was missing it. I couldn't get off that ramp. But the logging truck and the car behind it that had waved me on, uh, they got off the ramp. And in a split second, they weren't even two feet off of the, the ramp when I looked over and the logging truck lost its load off the back of the truck. Huge logs, like the size of trees came flying off the back of it. The car that had weighed me on was able to slam on his brakes and swerve. He barely missed getting hit with all those logs. Had I been in front of him as close as I would have had to get in order to move over and get off the ramp too, my car would have been slammed and hit with all these huge logs. I mean, a full load of logs, I probably would have died. You see, whether we want to recognize times like this or not, God shows up for us day to day in big and small ways. I do not believe in coincidence. I don't believe there's any such thing. So usually we're just so busy with our own lives that we don't recognize if God has his hand on us. It takes sometimes looking back to see it. But there have been times in my life where I've been in the middle of something and I'm like, whoa, that had to have been God. This was one of those times. He's here. He's still here. For all the times I recognized that God had his hand on me, protecting me, guiding me, directing me and answering my prayers. I have to wonder sometimes how many times he was doing all that and I didn't even realize it. I didn't even see it. I'm not the only one he has his hands on. I'm not the only one who benefits from God's precision and his attention to detail and his accurate care. We all benefit from God's loving kindness. Even though sometimes life gets so out of our own control and feels helpless or hopeless to us and we can't see him, he's still there. You haven't been lost in the shuffle of of worldly war games and political chaos or hurt and pain that's going on across the globe. God isn't so caught up in all of that that he can't see you. He does. You haven't been set aside or forgotten in lieu of some high stakes spiritual game that God's playing with demons and the devil, even though movies and TV would have you believe so. No, you are his, you are his priority. You and you and all of you and even me were all his priority. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says to cast all your anxieties on God because he cares for you. It doesn't say, hey, you, I care about them, but not you. Cast your cares and worries on God, but only during certain times because he doesn't have time for all that. No, it doesn't say that. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, one of my favorite Bible passages reminds us, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I encourage you to remember that God has been, oh, so amazingly precise in what he has shared with us through his word. It is God-breathed. It is living. It is true. And so hold on to it. Read it, remember it. And if you can't remember it and your memory is squat like mine is sometimes, write it down, keep it handy because it's, it's truth that you need to know. And it's truth that you need to remember to help remember who you are. You are his and you need to remember that we are a priority to God, that he is caring for us and he's here for us. You're not a burden. Your concerns, your fears, your everyday life is important to our Lord. And he wants to hear from you. The good, the bad, the angry, the fearful, the joyful, the thankful. He's ready to hear it from you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Woman Inspired Podcast. Again, I hope you will share this podcast with somebody else and uh, bless them today with sharing this, but also praying for them. Pray for each other. And uh, I will be praying for all of those who tune in and listen. I appreciate you. Have a blessed day.